Hey guys, welcome to another Filmcore movie review podcast. This one is for The Platform. It is a movie that has been released on Netflix. Uh, with me, I have Alex Kirsch, Shinbaum. Hello. Hey. And yeah, let's get right into this. Uh, the Platform is a thriller that holds basically a pretty heavy-handed mirror to the inequalities in our own capitalistic society. Trapped in a vertical prison, our main character, Goring, quickly learns that in this system, there are three types of people, the ones above, the ones below, and the ones who fall. Um, this one was directed by Spanish director Galder Gazetelu Irutia. Sorry if I butchered that. I feel like that was pretty good. I think you crushed it, Armani. That was pretty good. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, <laughs> essentially, he's kind of like an unknown uh, as far as like in the Western world or as, or as far as like the English speakers. But um, this movie in particular was nominated for several Goya Awards. What's that? So Goya is like sci-fi Um, It's basically a, it's a Spanish movie awards in Spain. So it definitely <laughs> is getting a lot of buzz. And I think definitely this is going to, uh, when we open... Goring wakes up, uh, and we quickly dive into the hierarchical structure, thanks to his cellmate, Mr. Trimagashi. Um, essentially, within their prisons that they're in, each room is stacked upon another, and the food for each prisoner comes through a hole in the center of the room, uh, down each level. So basically, if you're on floor one, you get first dibs on the food, and if you're on floor 50, you're the 50th group to get access to the food but when it gets to you, it's probably not much left. Right, and there are like two fifty. Uh, sorry, there there are two. Uh, there are two people per floor, and um, they estimate that there are two hundred and fifty floors, but it's sort of unclear. Yes, and it seems that so basically, you spend thirty days on the level that you're assigned that month, and it seems to be pretty random. Uh, Goring cellmate. Uh, Trimagashi has been on floor 72, 26, 78, 43, 11, 79, 32, 8, and 132. So really, it just seems like they just skip around at random. So you could wake up on a pretty good floor, like 11 or 8, or on a really bad floor, like anything past 60. Essentially, it seems to be pretty bad. Um, one of the interesting things about this is by the time the food gets to their floor, it's been pretty picked over and it's kind of a mess. But the food is actually really thoughtfully prepared. But, you know, by the time it gets to them, it's just, it's pretty gross. Yeah, um, right. It's it's all, they, they ask people um, during their sort of intake interviews what their favorite dish is. And so they ostensibly have a dish for everybody, every occupant, so 500-ish people. But um, the people on the first 50 or so floors are so greedy that there's usually not enough beyond uh, the 50th or 60th floor. And so uh, that's when we learned that um, sometimes cellmates have to resort to extreme measures to, to sate to themselves. Yes. And we learned, we, it's hinted upon that Trimagashi himself has had to murder a cellmate for food when he was on uh, the lowest floor, like 132. But then we later learned that his cellmate um, actually died and he didn't kill him. So, but of course he ate him anyway. Really, what are your first like impressions of this? So like, you know, just in our first like 10 minutes. The first 10 minutes I thought were pretty boring, but I, I figured it was set up and we were going to go somewhere. I was wrong. <laughs> I was very wrong. Uh, it was incredibly boring the whole time, but it did go somewhere in the last like 15 minutes. But it was quite, 
quite boring. What did you think? Wait, what did you think? Initially, I mean, I felt like it was pretty slow and like a lot of the um, sort of like symbolism and themes were pretty obvious and heavy handed. But I, one yes. thing I really, that did stick out to me was the set design. Um, this movie itself was really inspired by the cube. I don't know if you saw that movie. Um, basically it's, it's a really yes. simplified set there. It's really more focused on sort of like the human experience and sort of like psychologically what these kind of like prisons or these types of situations do to you. And it really explores like sort of society, like, you know, how easy it is for us to break down from like sort of our more traditional or like more fair values. And that essentially, if you get the impression that if people, you know, sort of rationed the food more, that more people could eat. But of course, everyone's just really in it for themselves. So you try and make the best of whatever level you're on. But I really right. loved the set design. I loved how clean and sleek everything was. The production designer on this was Azinye Uri Goitia. I felt like they really did an amazing job with everything. I loved how just like minimal these huts were. And it really allowed you just to really focus on like the minimal backdrops themselves of each cell just being like very like sleek poured concrete lets you really focus on like the decadence of like the food for example sure it looked nice if it was a three minute music video with the story it could have been much more effective like it was just horribly told as a, as a narrative just incredibly boring a very belabored point incredibly simple not a lot of twists that you couldn't see coming a billion miles away um we can get into that yeah. On that note, it was actually nominated. The Goya Award that it was nominated for was Best Screenplay. No, that's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so, the, so the next ten minutes are um, obviously Trimag Gashi um, turns on Goring and he tries to eat him. Yeah. So essentially, Goring um, wakes up tied up on the next level that him and Trimagashi are assigned to, and literally Trimagashi has tied him up because at this point he's like an old man and he feels like if they have to start like an actual fight to eat each other that Goring is definitely going to overpower him. And then Goring is, is saved by this mysterious woman who, uh, Miharu, who is looking, who's kind of crazy and she's killing her way through the, through the platforms trying to find her missing daughter. And then, uh, Goring sort of forms a bit of an emotional bond with Miharu who leaves him alive and gives him pieces of Tiramashu to eat. Um, so this is like the first time that Goring has had to eat another person and it definitely emotionally takes a toll on him because later on throughout the movie, uh, Chimurashi, Chimugashi, uh, essentially sort of acts as sort of his conscious throughout the rest of his, his experience. Sort of like the, the malevolent conscience. Yeah. And I mean, I think that we, I've all, I've read a bunch of stories about like you know like settlers having to resort to eat to people eating other people in their camp, like the and Donner also, like, party you know, that got stranded in the uh, in the winter. Yeah, exactly. Um, taking the Hastings Pass, if I remember correctly, going to California. So yeah, that's it's pretty gnarly. I I definitely. Yeah, the setup of the system doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like there he's like a voluntary prisoner, and then at the end of it, there's some sort of he has some sort of certification, and it's like a year-long program. And uh, the uh, Tiramashu uh, guy is also, he's, his time is about to be up. He's like a month away or something, once they get to level 171. Uh, and then he's going to get some sort of certification and some sort of job. But what that is, what the point of any of this is, is never made clear. The, the, the 
the metaphor is very clear, abundantly clear, and they keep hammering it in our heads. But like the setup of this world is just sort of unfinished, and like who these people are as characters, besides sort of these broad outlines, is is really not explained. And so we're spending so much time with these people that we don't care about, don't know about, and uh, don't care to know about. And uh, yeah, it's just it's relentlessly dull. So for such a for such a like intense and violent movie that's uh, about you know like sort of the the faults of the trickle down economy model, like it's just it's it's relentlessly uninteresting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, essentially, like it, I think it, it'd be more interesting if like. These were actual like hardened prisoners. I mean, we learned that Trimagashi's there because he actually killed he accidentally killed someone by throwing a TV out of his window. But right. it seems like if you're a volunteer prisoner like Goring, that it seems like more of like a tap out option would be available to you. Right. Why is the treatment the same? Yeah. <laughs> it makes no like, sense. Yeah. I'm next to this person who literally killed someone else. So I really didn't understand that idea. And also didn't yeah, know why no, he would need yeah. a full year to be sort of traps in the system he's reading don quixote is it gonna take him a year to read don quixote I mean, like really also you can read don quixote <laughs> at home yeah like so, what is he what's so distracting about his normal civilian life yeah i i don't i don't know and what's even bigger yeah. is so for that what makes this even more confusing is when we he awakens the next month on level 33 um and that's where he meets imoguri who is the secretary who works for the administration that manages the prison itself. And essentially she's also an idealist who believes that, you know, if we ration the food correctly, everyone in this prison would get the food, but we don't understand why she's there either. She apparently seems to have volunteered, but she seems to have sort of been blind to how the system has truly been affecting the prisoners. And again, she seems like the kind of person who should have some sort of like, come get me out of here card under her sleeves. Yeah. Her plan also is ineffective, but also ill thought out. And it's weird that, yeah, she, when we find out why she's volunteered, um, basically she works for a broken system and she realizes that. And so when she discovers that, um, she has terminal cancer, she decides to, um, try to save the system by communicating her rationing message to people as she gets transferred across levels while she's dying. Yeah. So um, basically she tries yeah. to pull an Elizabeth Warren by calmly explaining the system of rationing to the ones below. So essentially you get the food, you make a plate of rations for the ones below you. And so everyone basically should be able to eat if someone's making appropriate rations for them. Um, but of course the inmates below don't want to hear it. Um, and it's not until like Goring, threatens to basically fecally ruin their food that they decide to comply. So it's going, It's but overall it seems to be working until Miharu shows up and kills the one item that Imoguri bought with her. Um, each prisoner, of course, gets, or each prisoner gets one item to bring with them. We know that Goring brought a book, Chimagashi brought a knife, and Imoguri brought a dog which we, like, I thought was immediately the, the dumbest thing to bring with you. Um, and, of course, when Miharu begins riding down through the platforms to look for her kid, um, she kills the dog immediately for food, which, I mean, I, I felt definitely being a dog owner myself, I felt bad, but also felt like that was a, a horrible yeah, choice in any way. 
Um, but yeah, so like you mentioned, Imoguri is trying to change the system. Um, and she explains that there are only, there's supposed to be 200 levels. But when she and Goring wake up on their next uh, level assignment and they're on level 202, with countless levels below them, she realizes that she's been just lied to at every turn about what this prison really is. And she decides to basically, you know, end it there. And through hanging herself, Goring is able to survive the next month on 202. Because he eats her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like you say in our notes here, you say, by not jumping to her death, um, like previous inmates, she ensures that Goring will have something to get him through the month because he won't be able to get any food on the platform by the time he reaches level 202. Exactly. I mean, through that, she's able to, like, you know, sort of her last, she says in her own words, through her ghost words, essentially, um, that she was, it was sort of her last gift to him. Well, right. but things turn around for Goring when he goes to sleep and the next month wakes up on level six. And it's honestly even hard to enjoy being on that level after, like, sort of like everything that he's seen thus far. He gets a really positive cellmate named Bar- Baharat who his one item is a rope and he tries to climb up to the next, uh, through the next five levels to hopefully reach the top. But of course the people above them are dicks and choose not to help him. All right. So they change course and decide to ride, ride the platform to the lowest levels in an attempt to distribute the food fairly, breaking the system and then riding the platform all the way back up to the top at the end. Um, about midway, they get some sage advice from another prisoner who says, like, hey, not only do you need to go up there, but you also need to make sure we have, like, symbolic gesture, which is, like, having one luxury item be untouched as sort of, like, an FU to the administration above. All of this is, so basically, as they ride each level, they ration the food as they go, manage to fend off other prisoners, and everything seems to be going okay, until they get to a floor where Maharu is being stabbed to death. Um, Goring and Bahara try and save her, but they're, they don't, she gets stabbed to death anyway, and they both are fatally wounded um, as they reach the final floor, which is the 333rd, where they find Maharu's child. And instead of the luxury panna cotta, they were going to send up as sort of their message to the administration. They decide to send up the child instead. And then for some reason, Goring decides not to go with her? Yeah, I mean, Back I guess up. at that point, he's just sort of like, um, instead of Goring was initially going to ride the platform back up, but he decides that, you know, he's kind of dying anyway. And this child is the final message that needs to be sent. But why not ride with the kid to see what's up there on the first floor. Um, I th- make like a stand. Yeah, I think that's the final thing. Is like I definitely wanted to see like what the reactions of the people who found the child were. I mean, especially right. because like as a symbol, like none of the other inmates. Like I think it would have been much more like sort of dramatic or uh, effective if like the platform rose slowly and each level could see like hey at the bottom level when you guys were all stuffing your face there was a child here. Who could have used the food the most? But what seems weird to me is that one, the child was like totally fine down there. I only wish that we could have seen the top, and we don't really know ultimately like what her being there, how it's going to affect the society or the structure. Yeah, won't they just kill her immediately? 
Yeah. Like, what does it matter? I don't you know, it's a it's a flawed plan. Yeah, this is also what's kind of weird is like so we're assuming that Miharu managed to make it all the way down to 333rd floor like repeatedly to care for this child and this child was never moved to another floor. Yeah. Which seems odd to me considering like how long Miharu they were, I mean, we were there for at least 5 months. So this kid would have had to technically have been moved at some point. Right. I mean, initially, I think this as a concept, like if this was like a short film, I think it would have worked. But the fact is that they had to stretch this out over an entire like hour and a half runtime and then wrap it up the way they did. It definitely felt a little like unfinished. But also too long, simultaneously too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They focus on the wrong stuff. Like they obviously should have gotten to the last 20 minutes much sooner and they should have shown like some sort of battle or some sort of you know attempted coup on the first floor once they ride the thing back up and we should have gotten some backstory as to who these people were um what the system was why it had to be this way or why the government thought this was a logical solution i mean i never thought i was pretty good um and like the idea is it makes much more sense this sort of stratified hierarchical train yeah where they're like literally running because they believe that the world is uninhabitable which is totally different from like volunteering to go into like would you volunteer to go into the snowpiercer train no yeah of course not yeah so that's the part that i think that's the part that definitely feels like a little weird but i mean overall like uh, okay would you rate this out of four stars and would you recommend it no, absolutely not. I'd say one star. <laughs> wow, okay. I would say two. I mean, it had some moments that I that's I enjoyed, but definitely I think this movie was too long and could have been easily condensed into 30 minutes. Into a 30-minute short? Yeah, it definitely could have been a 30-minute shorter, like you mentioned, even like a music video at this point. Um, yeah. I think that the set design was great. The editing was great, honestly. I feel like the performances are great. It's just like they didn't have that much to work with. And the concept itself had too many plot holes for it to be like to be fully carried throughout a full feature length, essentially. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I don't, I just, yeah, for me, I just don't wait like the, the visuals. Like I remember seeing The Master and people said, oh man, it was so beautiful. And, you know, sure. But I still hated it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm on um, that, but, that train with you for the master. Yeah, like the technical elements, uh, you know, were, were professional grade, you know, but I just don't think it was just that interesting. It yeah. was also underlit. It was very dark. Yeah, I mean, we could say the crew did their job. Yeah, except the gaffer. <laughs> Fucking genie. But, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to hopefully Netflix, like, really bringing in pushing more Spanish speaking or just like, you know, different, um, alternate language speaking. I hate saying alternate, but like pushing movies that aren't just like English speaking into the forefront because Netflix definitely has like that platform to do so. And we've seen with movies like Parasite, like we definitely, you know, audience, American audiences will watch it. English speaking audiences will watch them if they are good. And it's unfortunate that this one wasn't that great, but I hope that it still represents like a trend of what's to come, like through Netflix. Yeah, Parasite was so great, and it's another movie about uh, sort of futuristic, uh, fatalistic hierarchy. Such a better movie. The same guy, you know. Speaking of Snowpiercer, it's Bong Joon Ho again. Um, yeah, he seemed to track these stories about sort of marginalized people rising up. I think if you gave him this idea, he would have immediately said, "Okay, why is this platform a thing?" 
and can we not have the volunteer element aspect of it like, yeah i mean it's actually it's, it's way too similar to snowpiercer he just just would have said no probably it's i mean way too similar. honestly if yeah yeah i mean it's definitely too simple without more twists or without more character motivations it doesn't make any sense um but yeah as like a film study itself i think it's successful but yeah maybe i'm definitely looking for the director's next one but this one i think we can sort of sweep under the rug it's too bad because this is like a great moment with the coronavirus stuff like there's not you know crazy rationing happening yet but certainly there is some right with like the the craze when it comes to soaps and toilet paper in grocery stores they're sort of limiting what you can take at a time yeah um so anyway so there's like a little bit of this in society right but at least this is necessitated by something you know this is motivated in the real world you know they really could have uh stood to you know take a couple years to think about the platform and then let this coronavirus thing happen and then (laughs) tackle the story i mean unfortunately or fortunately this movie was filmed before that so they couldn't have their loss couldn't have that foresight but (laughs) yeah well yeah, disappointing, disappointing story. But I, I agree with you that it's cool. Netflix sort of moved this movie to the front of the line in terms of hyping it on the their homepage and stuff. Uh, a foreign thriller. That's cool. It's cool in principle. Just not in practice this time. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're definitely, um, you know, we're in tough times right now. So we're definitely going to keep cranking out these reviews yep. for you guys. We shall. Um, check out our Parasite review, by the way. That's also, it's a pretty sweet one. Uh, It's up on our site, and we'll catch you at the next one.